Welcome in, welcome in. This is your host, Enrico Ambrister, and you're tuned in to the Speaker Secrets Podcast. I want to say thank you for tuning in with me today, for being here. I truly appreciate you, and I'm excited about today's episode because I get to share my competition experiences with you. If you weren't already aware, I was recently in the Toastmasters International Speech Competition. And interestingly enough, the things that I've learned in this competition, I feel like they can apply in my everyday life. And I think that's why I'm excited because not only do I get to share some of my personal experiences with you, but I get to share things that can help you on a day-to-day basis. Just before I go into detail, make sure you hit that subscribe button, leave a rating and a review so I can know how you're feeling and what you think about the podcast. Like I just said, I was recently in the Toastmasters International Speech Competition, so I'm going to provide just a bit of context before I go into some of the things that I've learned. Now, Toastmasters is an extensively international organization. It's in about 142 countries. There are almost half a million members in around 15,000, 16,000 clubs worldwide. And every year they have an international speech competition that culminates at the annual convention in a different city every year. Now, of course, since it's such a big organization, you have to have order and know which club or area you're in. So here's the structure of Toastmasters. And at each of these levels, you have the competition until you get to the finals. So you are in a club, Your club is in an area. Each area might have about four or five clubs. All of the areas are in a specific division. The divisions are in a district. The districts are in different regions. Now, that's generally how Toastmasters is set up. In my case, I won at the club level. I won Area 91's contest, so I won at the area level, and then Division I's contest, obviously, at the division level. Now, the next step up was the district level. I did participate in the district contest. Unfortunately, I did not place at the fourth level, but I'm so excited that I got past three levels. I mean, that's really big for someone who is participating for the first time. Many of the people that are going for the ultimate title, which is the world champion of public speaking, they compete multiple times to find the right formula, the right amount of humor the storytelling in the way that they would like. So the fact that I made it to the district level, I'm definitely grateful that I got that experience. But I did learn a lot, and that's why we're here today. So let's get into the first lesson that I learned. I truly believe these are life lessons. And number one is that practice is necessary. This is something that if you've been listening to me for a while, you know I always harp on the importance of practice. And entering this speech competition gave me an opportunity to put my money where my mouth is. I'm like, okay, I'm telling everybody about the importance of practice, but it really showed me firsthand and even more so how important and necessary practice is. Because in my opinion, the day of the speech or whatever you have to do, you don't want to spend so much mental energy 
worried about just the little things. How are you going to present your speech? To me, when I got to the district competition, I wanted to have fun. I just wanted to enjoy the other speeches, enjoy the dinner that I had. And the only way that you're able to not spend all of that mental energy, even if you are just a bit nervous, is to practice and make sure that you're comfortable with your material beforehand. Now, a lot of you might have watched Beyonce's most recent documentary on Netflix about her Coachella performance. It's called Homecoming. And I won't go into detail on that, but there was one part in the documentary where she was rehearsing and she essentially said that a lot of people don't like to rehearse because that's when you look stupid. That's when you make all of your blunders. And I agree with that. You make a lot of blunders and a lot of mistakes during your practice time. A lot of times you're like, ah, that sounds horrible and you have to run it from the top. But that is what it's about because when you get on the stage, you just want to feel so comfortable with what you're saying. So I believe no matter what it's regarding in your life, but especially if you have a public speaking event coming up, it's important for you to put those hours in to become proficient at what you're going for. And to be honest, there were times where I didn't feel like practicing. There were times I just didn't want to stand in front of the mirror and say the words and go through the motions. So I'm not going to act like I'm the poster child for practice and rehearsal or that I practiced every single day. But I did spend a lot of time doing it because I asked myself some crucial questions most of the time. I asked myself, okay, what would a champion do right now? Would a champion practice one more time or would a champion say, oh, I've got it. I don't need to practice again. And more importantly, I ask myself, what is my competition doing right now? When I'm deciding not to practice, they're out there perfecting their craft and bettering their craft. So that helped me to really practice and continue to get myself in the zone for it. And also, it's important to practice with others. I went to different Toastmasters clubs at different occasions, gave my speech to different groups of people to get feedback. And it's important to not only just practice by yourself, but to practice with others and give them an opportunity to give you feedback and shine light on areas where you could improve. And that leads me to lesson number two. It's to be open to feedback. Okay. My opinion, whenever you're trying to improve on a skill, whether it's public speaking, graphic design, DJing, you always want to remain open to feedback and what other people are thinking. Now, I want to clarify, in my opinion, feedback is just information. It doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. It doesn't mean that you have to automatically take it or automatically reject it. It's just a different perspective. It's one that you might deem as valid or not, but it's important to be open to it and not close-minded. Because I can tell you, when I listened to the first time I gave the speech, versus the one that I just gave yesterday, actually. It has the same message, but it's grown exponentially. And a part of that is because I've practiced, but a lot of it is because I've listened to the feedback that people provided me. One example is that I had the word suck in my speech, and I felt like it's a very visceral word. When you hear that someone sucks at something or this sucks, you understand the meaning behind it. There's an intensity to it. 
And every time I would give my speech, people would be divided on whether I should use the word suck or not because it's an international speech competition. And it was one of those things where it's a risk. Some people were like, it doesn't really phase me. I understand what you're saying. Other people are like, uh, it kind of gave me goosebumps and not in the good way. And so ultimately, in the final rendition of my speech, I didn't have the word suck. I replaced it with a sentence that was much more funny and garnered laughed instead. But just the fact that I was open to the possibility that some of the judges might not have liked the word suck and that could go against me, I decided to take it out. So that's just an example of something that I changed based on feedback. But there were also suggestions that people gave me that I appreciated. But I was like, okay, that's not something that I am personally going to add to my speech. Maybe it's something that you would have liked to see or something that you think I should put in. But I'm not personally convicted enough to do that. And it's fine. That's what it's all about. You want to be open to options and the way that people can interpret things ultimately, especially if it ties in in some way to your success. Third lesson. Believe in what you have and be confident in it. It is very easy to compare yourself to others. And this is something that I dealt with as far as comparing myself, wondering if my speech was good enough. I dealt with self-doubt. But the thing about these emotions, when they come up, you don't have to accept them as true. And don't judge yourself if you feel that way. Sometimes it's a natural response but what's important to realize is that you have the ability to turn that around. You choose how you want to feel. So when those feelings of self-doubt would come up, I continue to remind myself, hey, look, I'm good enough. I deserve to be here. Like, I'm born for this. I was made for this. And we can't be scared to talk to ourselves and to be our own pep rally and our best supporter. We definitely need it because many people, I would say actually no one can hear the thoughts that are going on in our mind. So it's important for us to step in on our own behalf and say, no, 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 I'm not going down this road. I'm not about to demean my product. You really have to talk to yourself and pump yourself up. Tell yourself, if anything, these people should be scared of me. I'm bringing something to the table that is fresh. And I was born for this. I have talent. I have potential. They probably feel the same way. And they're probably looking at me wondering, oh, what does he have up his sleeve? So it's important for you just to cast all of those feelings aside when they come up and to realize what you have is unique. Nobody else can do it like you. And once you have that confidence behind it and that belief in yourself, other people will see it. Other people will believe it because it's radiating from the inside. In my opinion, a lot of my competitors tried to psych me out and get in my head. Some of them were asking me if I was nervous because it was my first time. And truthfully, I was not nervous. I was more so excited about the fact that I made it this far, that I was the only person in my 20s there, that the president elect of the entire organization would be listening to my speech. So I was confident in what I was bringing to the table. There were some feelings of doubt earlier, but I was like, hey, how is that going to help me? And that's an important key to personal success. I have two more lessons. 
Lesson number four is to have fun and put things into perspective. If you are ever in a public speaking scenario, a situation where you have to speak in front of others, I dare you to make it a fun experience. Don't look at it as a chore or a task that you have to do that you really don't want to do. Even though you might feel that way, realize the great thing about being human is that you can change your perspective and try to bring a sense of fun into what you're doing. I assure you, it makes all the difference. And it was important for me to have fun throughout the process and not be so jazzed up on the competition that I forgot that it was just something that I like to do, something that's bettering myself, helping me to hone my skills. And what's not fun about becoming the best version of yourself, or I can say at least a better version every day. But what was even more important for me was to realize that there was a greater purpose in what I'm doing. Yeah, it's great to get the trophy and to get the number one slot. Everybody's going for that. But just the fact that I was able to share my message and just a different perspective and some of the thoughts that I'm thinking with other people and give them the opportunity to probably look at something in a new way get a piece of information that could change their life for the better. To me, ultimately, that's what it's about. So every time that I got on that stage, yeah, I wanted to give my best because I wanted that number one spot. More importantly, I was just having fun. I felt grateful that I was there and I was competing and just able to have people hear what I'm saying and tune into what I'm delivering and bringing to the earth through my words. So it was always just something bigger for me. And I believe that's why I'll continue to do well in the future because I understand that titles aren't everything. They're nice, but it's the impact and the legacy that you leave in people's lives and the fun you have. It's about enjoying the ride. And that leads me to the final lesson. Lesson number five is to always strive for more. Yes, I did win three competitions, but I didn't place in the district competition. And truthfully, I would have liked to play second or third. It didn't happen for me. But what that made me realize is that I need to go even harder next time. If anything, what I'm taking from the competition, first of all, I'm learning from my competitors. The ones that didn't place and may have done, in my opinion, worse than me, I learned from them what I should stay away from and what I shouldn't do. And those that got first, second, or third, I'm able to analyze their speech and see the the patterns in all of their speeches and how I can incorporate that into my communication style. From here on out, I'm going to just continue developing my public speaking skills. Even the things that I think I already know when I present here on my podcast, I'm willing to watch YouTube videos that go over the same information or watch workshops from past winners because it can only help, especially if it's repetitive. You keep feeding it into your subconscious. You keep practicing it. Once you continue to strive for more, you're going along your natural path of growth. As a human, you're meant to grow. You're meant to evolve, not stay stagnant. Just get better and better with time. And that's why that's my fifth lesson. I want to encourage everyone not to just rest on your laurels, 
but to always be looking forward to more, to increasing your skills, to just getting and obtaining a better quality of life for yourself. Okay, so let's recap the five lessons that I've learned from the competition. Lesson number one is to practice. Practice is essential. It's something that you cannot go without. That's when you make all of your mistakes and it's preparing you for the big moment, the big day. But you want the big day to be enjoyable. You don't want to worry about performance anxiety and just sweating the small stuff. It will make your life so much easier and much more enjoyable. Lesson number two is to be open to feedback. Don't think you know everything. People have some very good ideas. In a lot of cases, people want to see you do well. Not always, so you have to use your intuition and decide what resonates with you. But when you open your mind for people to give you feedback, you'll find out that in many cases, it helps you to become better. Different perspectives can always help. Lesson number three is to be confident in what you got and what you're bringing to the table. You have to be confident in yourself firstly before other people can see the confidence in you. And you have to know that you're unique. You're bringing something special. Be honest with yourself if you can do better, if you feel like you can bring something better to the table. But always measure yourself by your own standard of excellence, not what someone else is doing or what someone else is bringing to the table. You can learn from them. If you believe they're at a higher level of proficiency, it's always good to just look at someone else and see what they're doing that you might be able to incorporate into your own endeavors to make yourself better. But don't downplay yourself, man. Lesson number four, have fun, put things into perspective. I don't really need to say much there. Lesson number five, always strive for more. I hope this episode was helpful to you, whether you're someone that's looking to compete in the future or someone that just wants to get better at communication skills overall. These five lessons can help you greatly with that. I'm honored to have lived it and be able to share it with you. Once again, don't forget to subscribe, to leave a rating and a review, and share this episode with your friends, your colleagues, your partner, anyone that can benefit from the information here, because we always want to spread the wealth of knowledge that we have. I'm wishing you a wonderful week. Thank you for all the congratulations and the love that you've sent me. But until next time, this is your host, Enrico Amberster, signing off.